This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yo, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are broadcasting live from the Classic City Brewfest in Athens, Georgia. Brian, the 25th. The 25th, yes. Classic City Brewfest. I am Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have a variety of guests. Right now, we have Owen Ogletree sitting in front of us, Brewtopia Events, the organizer of Classic City Brewfest. We're going to have a few other people on. I believe we're going to have Cherry Street, the folks from Cherry we'll Street. Cherry Street on and here. And we got some we mystery are. guests, I think. We're going to have Arches Brewing on Arches here. Is and be we are going to talk to Joseph Cortez, the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. No mysteries, Brian. Well, now we've got no, no mysteries. mysteries. You've ruined it the mystery, all Tim. all together there. We know what's up. <laughs> okay, we now know we what's know up. what's up. Owen, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Owen, it's hot today. <laughs> yeah. It's Georgia in August, right. and that means it's good. But we're actually in a cozy little place where we are right here. It's the best we could do. Everything's yeah. covered. we got some fans. But yep. it's August. It is. It happens, man. But we're at a beer fest, so, so that's a good thing. So uh, due to a little pandemic thing, we missed the 25th anniversary last year. Yes. Yeah, but you're to, back. 25 years. April 2020. We moved it to August of 2020. That didn't work. Moved it to April of 2021. That didn't work, but we finally pulled it off. Here we go. Yes. We did it. Well, we con- finally made it. Congrats on 25 years. Thanks very much. A lot much. of changes in beer in 25 years. Not just Georgia beer, but beer in general. Huh? Seriously, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. I imagine it was all probably like Kvike ales and that at your first one, right? At the very Back first one. Back in the <laughs> 1500s or the, whatever. The, the first year we had Labatt's, Coors, Molson, Pete's Wicked, Sam Adams, Sierra Nevada, uh, See? you know, and that was that's the classics. What it, that's what it's like. Guinness. That's, like, that's it. Yeah. That's like the selection at an airport bar right now. <laughs> Good right? stuff, man. Right. Good stuff. And they're $30 each, they're as 30 we found out in the each. news. Oh, yeah. At least in New exactly. York. Yeah, yeah. So sure, yeah. How did it get started? What made you decide to uh, get this thing going? Well, my friend who owned a homebrew shop with me in Athens in 1994 through for the next three years, we went to the Great American Beer Festival in Denver, and we, we looked at each other and said, we need to bring this to Athens. We can do it in the Classic Center and get all the best beers and set it up exactly like a small version of the Great American Beer Festival. And we did that, and after the first year, we said, we'll never do this again because it <laughs> yeah. was too much work and too much trouble. But everyone begged us, so we did it one more time, and it was much better the second time. So you have Classic City Brew Fest that you have here in Athens, Georgia. Uh-huh. And then we have the Atlanta Cascale Tasting Night. Is it 17 years in on the ACAT? 17, yeah. Okay, yeah. so good one there as well. Right. Have Cascales always been a part of Classic City Brew Fest? No. The first 15, 16 years, we didn't have any Cascales. Okay. 
And then I traveled to England so often, I fell in love with Cascale and bought a few casks and started giving them to brewers, and they started doing them. We had a little cask table of like four on there, and then it grew to 10, and then it grew to 20, and then this year we've got 52. 52 Cascales, that's something. Plus all the uh, Athens breweries have a uh, a draft booth as well. Okay. Did you have your passion for Cascales prior to the homebrew shop days and the beer fest days? I really did because I taught high school AP biology for uh, years, and every summer I would go to Europe, and my favorite was going to pubs in England, and I, I couldn't understand why this flip keg of carling over here was so bad and this hand-pumped keg of English bitter was so good until I started researching and asking and talking to pub owners and then I got to uh, learn about cellarmanship and started getting books and training. Steve Homburg from the Chicago uh, Cascale Festival taught me so much and I, I just fell in love with it. Because it's so much fun. You can taste the beer and not a huge amount of carbonation. And brewers can put in oak chips, lychee fruit, strawberries, whatever. I've got a cask I did. I wanted to be like an old-fashioned. So it's Southern Brewing Company Red Ale. And I put in a whole bottle of Angostura bitters and Woodford Reserve cherries. And we aged it in a Woodford barrel for uh, six months. And it tastes like an old-fashioned. It turned out really well. How about that now? That does sound good. These type of casks you're talking about here, these are not necessarily what uh, the real L, the camera folks, would call a cask L, right? Yes, they are. Uh, I follow all the camera, which is the campaign for real ale. Uh, it's, it's located in St. Albans, England. I follow all their rules, all their recommendations. These okay. are authentic casks. A lot of the old English guys would come over here to this and go, what the are you thinking? That's what I thought. People right. put this strange stuff in here. But yeah. in terms of the process, this is legit. Okay. Process right is right. There, but there what, you go. The what process the, is legit then. What the Brewers is doing is a little outside of the norm. That's right. I mean, yeah. it's still technically accurate. So technically still cast beer. And that's the way America likes to roll, Brian. Absolutely. We're going to get a little crazy with we, it. We saw how you do stuff. We want to do it our We're way. We're going to do it our yeah. way. Exactly. So yeah. this, this is a big event for charity as well, right? So, Yes, this is the number one fundraiser every year for the Athens Area Humane Society. One of my favorite charities in the world. I love those people, and they're here today in force. They have a table, and they're running registration for me. They're moving to a new facility, which is uh, 10 times the size of their old little tiny house they had in, in near Watkinsville. So we're very proud of them, and we wish them all the best. They do good work. We see a couple cool dogs running we around do. here, dogs and beer. Yeah, we like don't, to go don't together. normally allow dogs, but the Hotel <laughs> Indigo has been so nice. They said, whatever you want to do, you want to bring dogs? Okay. That's fine. I saw a guest checking into the hotel up here that had a dog, and the lady came out from behind the counter with like a personally gift-wrapped baggie of dog biscuits. Right. So I'm like, this is definitely a dog-friendly kind of place here. It is, which is nice. It worked out well because I think what's a beer festival without some cute dogs to pet? That's right. And you know what? I want to come over here and just stay at the hotel now because this is the first time I think I've went inside here, you know, coming over there, and it's nice. It is really nice. I just want to go in there and sit in there. I paid just to go sit 
in the lobby in the air conditioning right now. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. so. I would get too. a beer, go set in the AC, and have a good time. Well, I bet. You, I bet you somebody would take some money from you to go do they that. They would. Yeah. They probably yeah. would. Yeah. So, Owen, what's in the future of Beer Fest? I know things have changed. What do you do? You see anything changing in beer or? the way festivals go or anything? The big change has been in the types of beer we can get. You know, in the 90s, it was Pete's Wicked Ale, you know, Negro Modelo, things that were very good, but very mild. And now things have just gone crazy, in my opinion. There are are brewers making classic styles, which I love. And there are brewers making new things, which are cool. And there are brewers making new crazy things that I don't like. (laughs) <laughs> like milkshake seltzers, maybe? I don't like milkshake anything. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't like fruit puree beer. Okay. You know, if I, I want to yeah. go to Smoothie King, I'll go to Smoothie King and put some vodka in there. But, you know, I want my beer to taste like beer. And I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not insulting anyone or criticizing anyone. The brewers need to do what they need to do to stay in business. But I'm glad we have brewers who are making good classic styles. That's the thing. Like, people have gotten used to that puree of fruit in the uh, thing. It's, yeah, uh-huh. they just can't be without it. We had a brewer on last week, and he sent a, like, a fruited IPA. And the fruit was there, but you still got the IPA in there, Owen. You still knew right. you were drinking an IPA and not just drinking, like you said, the fruit puree. Uh-huh. It was good, though. I'm hypocritical, though, because... I'll drink one of those purees and be like, this is delicious. It's not a beer, but it's, it's tasty. Beer, right? So, It tastes it's like out stuff. of the machine at 7-Eleven with it a does. little more flavor. Yep, that's it. So, right. Owen, thank you so much for joining us and uh, for throwing this great festival. We sure. do need to take a break. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show from the Classic City Brew Fest, and we'll be right back. Headed to the Battery in Atlanta? Be sure to check out the Terrapin Atlanta Brewery and Taproom. Whether the Braves are playing at home or on the road, the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom is always pouring all of our locally brewed Georgia beers like Hops Executioner and High and Hazy, while also introducing small batch R&D beers created on our five-barrel pilot system right inside the Braves Stadium. And if you're looking for great food, we've got you covered with Fox Brothers Texas-style barbecue. Stop by and see us today at the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom at the Battery Atlanta. Powder season is here, and the nest in Kennesaw, Georgia, has plenty of outdoor space for you to enjoy a cold beer and some tasty barbecue. They've got 48 taps of great beer, wine, cider, and even hard seltzers, plus an impressive craft cocktail list, so there's something for everyone. If you're ready for some friendly competition, head over every Tuesday for trivia, or relax and take in the local talent with live music every Wednesday and Sunday. Enjoy the great weather while you can. Grab your friends and head to the nest in Kennesaw, Georgia. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. 
Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Remember, all episodes are available on demand, so if you miss the broadcast, get the podcast. Beer Guys Radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps. Now let's get back to what's happening at Classic City Brewfest. Classic City Brewfest, Athens, Georgia, 25th anniversary. We have got the one and only Carrie Charles here, Director of Sales for Arches Brewing. And Arches knows a little thing or two about uh, lagers. Am I right? Uh, I've heard that. Yeah, we know what we're doing when it comes to lagers for sure. Were you guys really the first ones to start to kind of have that focus in Georgia? If not the first, you were close, right? I think Max Lagers beat us by a little bit. They were there. Uh, Yeah. True. 20 years or so, huh? Uh, It's in the name. Yeah. Yeah, It's in the Yeah. It's in the name. I think they beat us by a little bit, but yeah, we're definitely one of the first commercially available breweries to uh, focus on lagers. Yeah. The lager thing really is just a few years old. They've been in the background. I've been predicting it for like five years. And if you predict something long enough, I mean, I'm like, I told you. Yeah. yeah. I told you. You'll so. either die or it'll come true. Right. right. You'll one be the, vindicated. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either by, way. Just by sheer brute force. Right. You'll, you'll be right at some point. <laughs> yeah. It's like gambling. Eventually, you're going to win something. Something. Um, you may have spent $30,000 to win that $10, right. but you won. Yes. Exactly. So. Sooner or um, later. But yeah, I think for as long as I've been in the beer business, every spring, summer, somebody declares it the year of the lager. Right. And I think that was me. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I think it probably was you. Yeah. I know we've, you know, our paths have probably crossed many yeah. times in the yeah. past. But uh, yeah, I think every year somebody tries to make it the year of the lager. And I think finally, the last like two or three years, that really has become the year of the lager. And I think loggers are just kind of on the rise. Uh, sure. In general, I mean, I'm sure you see it out there when you're when we you're do, going to your favorite absolutely. beer bars and yes. beer festivals. People, more and more people are doing lagers, and it's taking a long time for people to do them right. Though I think a lot of people just kind of threw lager yeast into a tank and just cross their fingers and right. hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I think one of the biggest things here, Brian, we're seeing people seek out lagers. Now. Yeah. Oh yeah. When I started predicting it, when we were hanging and seeing these breweries start to make craft lagers. Yeah. You know, here in Athens, we had a classic city lager. Yep. And before that, there was one, I think uh, an Asheville brewer had one that came around that when you went to these events and you went to the after parties, the brewers were drinking these lagers. Yep. And I'm like, you know, they're making these really great lagers and they're taking the time to make a great lager. People are going to notice yep. eventually. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're to the point to where a lot of people are actually seeking them out. We've got Arches Brewing making great lagers in Georgia. Yep. A halfway Crooks in the Summerhill area yep. of Atlanta focuses. Yep. Round Trip Brewing. So, and people are going to these places. It's not just because of lagers on the menu. They're going there for the lagers. Right. Exactly. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're seeing that too. I mean, our uh, Mexican Empire, which is our Vienna lager, it's our number one seller. You know, it's gone up steadily the last i mean i've only been with arches since 2020 uh, obviously right when the pandemic kind of kicked timing, in right, yeah, good right. timing but yeah we've seen a pretty steady increase in our mexican empire sales and in fact all of our loggers across the board have been increasing in sales in the last year so i definitely think that loggers are definitely something people are seeking out right now because they're so versatile even a darker logger like a vienna logger like the mexican empire you can sit on a hot day and still enjoy it and not feel weighed down sure. by it or you can drink our, you know, Lloyd's Light, which is our yeah. American Light Lager. It's my fridge beer at home. It's what I drink when yeah. I walk in the door. And that's the um, thing that, that got me when I, I heard that you guys were opening and you're focusing on lager. I'm like, 
I don't know about that. I don't yeah, know yeah. how well that's going to work. I'm like, I, I get what they're doing, and I like what they're doing. I don't know. And I realized after I've been there a few times how incredibly versatile the lager base is, or that, yeah. that whole process of brewing. I'm like, you really can do just about everything with it. I always just envisioned just a plain lager. This yep. Schwartz beers. There's I think a lot of people Baltic do. Porters, you hear lager. Craziness. A yep. Bud Light comes to mind. Exactly. You know, yes. But like Brian, you just mentioned the Schwartz beers. He was talking about. You know, being able to drink the Vienna Lager, even the Schwartz beer is a drinkable. It's a beer. hot weather beer, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, it's definitely got some more roast behind it on that one, but right. I mean, it's still got a light enough palate that yeah, on a hot day, like because I mean, we're in Georgia in the summer. Summer it doesn't is. really end until November, That's yeah. right. and that beer comes out <laughs> in right. September. So really, by the time it's just getting cool enough to really enjoy like a big stout, this beer is still drinking really well. Well, when you think about it, people in, during the summer are drinking cold brew coffee. I mean, that's cold brew coffee yep. if you don't want the caffeine. Never mind the various decafs out there. I'd rather have just a beer that t- has that all that same flavor. You know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, like, so cold brew coffee, just think of that, and it makes a lot of sense to drink it in warm temperatures because yeah. it's cold, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Did is. dark lagers turn you on to cold brew coffee, Brian? Because I know you didn't used to like the idea of drinking a coffee cold like that. Uh, yeah, I don't prefer my coffee cold typically and maybe a little bit yeah it may you're have like you know me- what i kind of dig this all right all right cold brew coffee i'll give you a chance to be honest it had a little bit to do with lower acid levels in, in cold brew coffee okay. and trying to save the stomach especially yeah, if you're drinking sensitive, sours uh, you know yeah. on top of that you're like you've got mm. acid from coffee then acid from sours and they're all mingling in there like yeah maybe cold brew coffee is not a bad idea maybe we take that back just a little bit you know brian's over there with his lactose intolerance drinking milkshake stouts followed by <laughs> Acidic coffees, and then that. They need to just shoot straight lemon juice. He doesn't man. know what's up. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. like torturing himself. It is. Yeah. It is, man. But I know what I shouldn't do. I'd still do it anyway. Sure. Right. Yeah. If you enjoy it, yes. you're going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So, Arches Brewing, Hapeville, Georgia. That's correct. And Hapeville, what a crazy place to open a brewery. I yeah. mean, at the time, there really wasn't much happening in Hapeville, right? No. Uh, but Hapeville, you know, it's right next to the airport. Where right. Less than a mile from Delta World headquarters, or about a mile from Porsche's North American headquarters. And really, if you drove a straight line from our front door, we're probably less than a mile from the north runway of the uh, Atlanta airport. Okay. But that area of town has always been kind of forgotten by the people that live in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, but the people that, live there, people that live there know what a hidden gem Hateville has always been. Yeah. It's always had some cool little restaurants. Has the first Chick-fil-A ever, although they're, re- right. they're rebuilding it right, right now, so it's not open. But, but, I mean, there's some great restaurants down there, uh, some great places to go, like great art scene down there. The Beer Girl guys, they do a uh, art walk every so often. That, oh, Of course, I think during the pandemic, it's not been happening, but they do that every so often. That's always a super popular event that people really like. So the city of Hateville is kind of positioning itself to be a, an art center. Okay. And um, I saw you're getting a beer bar there. I saw Brass Tap is Brass building Brass Tap's coming in soon. I mean, we're looking forward to having those guys as, as our new neighbors. Yeah. Of course, we got, you know, Corner Tavern down there. It does a great mm-hmm. job. Filari, they do some really good stuff down there, too. So, I mean, there's there's some great restaurants down there for sure. And uh, got, I'm, I'm always forgetting somebody. So, if anybody hears this. and Right. I'm not. Yeah. He's not leaving you out. There's just a lot of good stuff in yeah, Hateville. Exactly. Remember, so. There sure is. And you've got Atlanta hip-hop icon Fish Scales yeah. right there in Hateville. Oh, yeah. That's right. Those, those, guys, those guys come and help us package beer sometimes. Yeah. So, we're always happy to have them as neighbors. 
neighbors. I think uh, every time uh, I've been down there. Do they package more I'm... than they drink? That's my question. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, take okay. But not by much. There you go. There you go. So, no, good dudes. I know every every time I've been down there, you know, I run yeah. into those guys. At and the Skinny brewery, comes so. and hangs around with us, too. So, yeah. yeah, those guys are great neighbors. We're happy to right. have them down there. And they're working on their brewery now. Yeah, they have so their spot. Kentucky yeah. Brewing. Yep, they're right. having their spot up near uh, Mercedes-Benz. Yeah. That's where they're going to be opening their spot, uh, right behind uh, Pascal's restaurant there on yeah. uh, Northside Drive. So looking forward to having those guys around, too. So It's pretty yeah. cool. You, like you said, the Benz is right there. You can see it right from out of their front parking oh, lot. Oh, absolutely. Just looking up there. Yeah, so. I'm sure during game day, the place is going to be insane. I was going to say, pre- and post-game, yeah. that'll be the place to be <laughs> for, for sure. sure. Absolutely. absolutely. Now, although you guys do a lot of loggers, it's not all about loggers at Arches. What, what, what else are people going to find there? Uh, well, you know, we got our great IPA series that we're doing. We have our Lovis IPA, which is pretty fantastic. A nice hazy IPA, a little different than most of the other ones we're using. A Norwegian yeast, Kvikanars, rather than uh, the normal English yeast. So it makes it a little cleaner, a little fruitier. Of course, Lou Viz, we're right next to the airport. Had some pilots help us name the beer Lou Viz for low visibility, okay. so it's hard to see right. through. There you ah, go. Yeah. I never uh, even thought about that. The, the yeah. proximity of the airport, that makes yep. a lot of sense. And then uh, Zero Zero Double IPA, which is out right now. You can find that on shelves right now. Zero Zero, and I always trip over this, so, you know. Forgive me for not being a professional radio person when I try to say it, but uh, <laughs> it's zero visibility horizontally, zero visibility vertically. So another hazy double IPA that we're doing. Double. That makes yeah. sense. Oh, I get it. I yeah. get it, man. Hazy by the square foot. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Carrie, thanks for joining no, us. Thank Ours you for having me, guys. Georgia. If you need a place to stop. Before you catch your flight, Arches yeah. is the place to be. Or we, when you come in, if you need a beer. Yeah, yeah. come in a little early. Come Go grab a beer Arches. with us. We're six minutes from the uh, terminal. So, Easy uh, enough, man. Yeah, definitely come and see us on your way to or from the airport. Love to have you come by. Good stuff. Thanks, yeah. Carrie. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show at Classic City Brew Fest. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back right after this. For a perfect afternoon beer, a feel-good weeknight beer with your dinner, or a great beer for whenever you don't want alcohol, look no further than Athletic Brewing. They've won awards on multiple continents and are revolutionizing anything you've ever thought about non-alcoholic beer. Check out their website at athleticbrewing.com for a store closest to you or order online with free shipping nationwide. Athleticbrewing.com. Use code BEERGUYS25 to get 25% off your first round on us. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. guys on facebook twitter and instagram now back to the beer guys radio show shake it back Woo! 
Welcome back to the Beer Guest Radio Show. I want to give a shout-out to one of our newest radio affiliates, WSLW, 1310 AM in White Sulphur Springs, West Virginia. Catch Beer Guest Radio on WSLW every Sunday at 9 p.m. Now let's get back to what's happening at Classic City Brewfest. You know, I'm going to leave the full story for later, Brian, but WSLW in White Sulphur Springs, that's where my family is generationally years and years and years ago. And there's a lot more weird twist to this story that we're going to get a brewery from White Sulphur on the show. I'll tell the story then. We'll find out the whole we'll scoop. Find out I'm then. intrigued. But right now, we have the hotness from Georgia in here right now. We have Cherry Street Brewing. We have Nick Tanner, uh, owner, co-owner, founder, brewmaster. All the above. All everything. the above. All, For above. Now, yes. all of the above. Doctor everything. And we have Ramsey Florence here. Ramsey is the director of sales for Cherry Street Brewing Company. Yes, Growing up, Ramsey, we've known you a long time. You may have heard Ramsey with us before with Iron Mager Brewing, where our yes. studio is. Formerly there. Now making magic with Cherry Street. So, yes, sir. guys, thanks for joining us here at Classic City Brew Fest. Thanks, thanks for, for having, having us, us on. Absolutely, absolutely. Nick, Cherry Street Brewing. So... A lot of growth for you here recently, correct? We really appreciate y'all supporting us through the years. It's sure. those, those little things like the yearly awards, like for people to go on and vote. And we've had some beers on there rank over the years. You know, that really goes yeah. a long way for uh, for breweries like us. And, Good. You know, and the support throughout the years. And but we couldn't have gotten to this far without the support. I mean, it is all support. And between customers and you know, great people like y'all and the, the radio. But we've done a slow and steady growth, you know, and having the two brew pubs in Atlanta or North Atlanta. And, you know, if you don't know out there, Georgia's got some weird laws where breweries and brew pubs have different licenses. Brew pubs are more restaurants with breweries, where breweries are more manufacturing facilities and, and whatnot. So they're pretty different uh, as far as the licensing goes. We're expanding to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is not like Georgia. It has the same license that you can just add on to. And so we're opening our production facility up there after all these years. So with that, we and I'm imagining you will be able to and have to do this, but by manufacturing in Tennessee, you can bring that back into Georgia and distribute it easier than you could from your breweries in Georgia. Is that correct? Not technically legality-wise, okay. but more the logistics and the manufacturing side, bulk buying and buying power and the space. We don't right. Our brew pubs okay. don't have space, so you're buying everything at the lowest cost of goods where now we'll be able to have a better purchasing we're getting our own canning line so it'll really make a big difference on our operation style you know speaking of awards nick your halcyon brew pub did win atlanta's very best fish and chips as voted by me personally oh, well thank I, you i actually yes. voted that way also i go up there every now and then when i'm really chosen for fish and chips more than anything else i'm like i need to head up to halcyon yeah yeah it may not be a shock, but it is in our top three most sold. Uh, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to brag a little bit. I got a little special treatment there one time because it's a dinner item, or it was last time I was there, but I didn't know it, and I'm like, oh, I see the fish and chips are dinner, and I was there early. They're like, we got you. We can we make this you. happen. I'm like, you guys are the best, man. I hope so. So, so yeah, if you make it to uh, Halcyon, try the fish and chips. It definitely. It's recommended by the beer guys. Also, try so. the beer. I mean, you should try the beer sure, while you're it's there. It's going to go well with the fish and chips, But definitely man. get the fish and chips. The beer is good. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of beer, we were talking earlier before this, so you said there are big changes coming for Steppenraiser, which is a personal favorite of mine. And uh, what, what's happening with Steppenraiser? So Steppenraiser is going to be going into 12-ounce six-pack cans. We've been doing it for almost five years now, but four years in 16-ounce four-packs. And 
the expansion and growth for us at Chattanooga is really getting us into a different sector in the industry, looking at different retailers, grocery, convenience, or uh, a lot of golf courses around us. I mean, okay, I can't, it's yeah. funny having people drink 16-ounce stepping razors on the golf course, but they do it up, 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 up by <laughs> us. Right. So. It does help with the handicap. We have the records to prove with that. Yeah. yeah, okay, there you go. But we found Ramsey to really help us take on that increased distribution outlet. And his experience in the past is with the bigger chain stores and that distribution relationships. And we forever has been small batch and one-offs, and that's a different target market than what we're getting into now. Ramsey's goal and why we brought him on is to really help with that new uncharted territory for us. Yeah, because Ramsey, you've played both sides, both teams there, right? You've been in distribution, you've I been have. in retail, you kind of know how both sides of that game work, right? All three. For Ironmonger, we were very unconventional in the sense we wanted to go after retail first before mom and pop, so it was a very different sales strategy. Right. Uh, and for me, that was a giant learning curve, and that was something where the next position I had, which was at Modern Hops, we were going down those avenues and getting to look at and explore it, and it brought a lot of just experience with me. Because uh, they are difficult to navigate, and regretfully, most of them are one-strike systems where if you do go awry and miss something, it's hard to come back. So I'm very excited because I want to indoctrinate the masses with Step and Razor. It's a beer I've loved from the first time I drank it, to actually be able to sell it and to be a fundamental part of the growth. Like, I couldn't be happier to be able to do that. And I'm looking yeah. forward to next year to like that becoming a reality where I do want it everywhere. You know, I think I hear a lot you were talking about being kind of north of Atlanta, Nick, and... I've seen a lot of people in Atlanta because if you're what we call ITP Atlanta, inside of the perimeter, inside of the 285 Atlanta loop, they don't like to head out of that loop, man. That is almost like a belt that keeps them. It's the cell wall there that keeps them in. And so I've seen people say a lot. They're like, oh, the Cherry Street I've tried. I loved, but, man, they're incoming, you know, and that. But uh, I'm worth the trip, I'll say, and obviously it, yeah. it definitely hasn't impacted you there. But, um, you know, growing like that, being kind of out, in the suburbs, when you originally set up your brewery, did you think of coming into Atlanta or or was coming, this is home, this is where we're going to be? That's a great question, and thanks for asking that. When Cherry Street started eight and a half years ago, almost nine years on 1212 uh, this year, we started out wanting to be a neighborhood brew pub chain, more or less. We wanted to have a handful of neighborhood brew pubs. That's what a pub is. A pub is a public house. That's the, that's the center point in certain communities. And and uh, the goal originally was to have a handful of these brew pubs in different neighborhoods like Dunwoody and different things like those those types of areas to have that little brew pub. Well, when we started distributing, we then realized that distribution could go far. And when we opened, we were the 22nd brewery in Georgia. So we had a lot of opportunity for distribution. Yeah. And that kind of took away our desire or intention to open more locations in that we were distributing, which wasn't originally in the plans. But then we had the opportunity for Halcyon. And now we're getting our logistics and our packaging under control. We would like to see some more brew pubs. The goal for us is to have three Halcyon-style pubs at Greater Atlanta over the next five years. So we'd like to open a couple more. Yeah. And that's something we've talked about a lot. You know, there's been this shift of how people get your beer. You know, in in the bigger picture, brew pubs have always been around, always been a good place to go. But 
consumers, you know, it used to be retail. People would chase the beers that were not necessarily from their neighborhood pub. They stuff from Michigan, you know, from the Northeast and that. But now people really have embraced local. And local, the definition of what is local, continues to get smaller and smaller. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not, in my, it's not in my state. It's not in my city. It's in my neighborhood. That's local beer. And, you know, the closer you can be locally, the more people are going to come in there and enjoy well, it. I mean, in, in like Atlanta, like years ago, we were with a distributor south of Atlanta, and they had a few breweries open up over the past few years, and we became not local at that point. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 30 miles away, but you're not local at that point. So my definition of local got a lot shorter, too, because my local used to be, uh, you know, over in Chambly uh, right. from Buckhead. And then one opened two blocks from me, and now local is looking like seriously two blocks from my house <laughs> as opposed to Chambly. So That's local, man. The possibility of getting it closer is what is driving increased local interest in beer, I think. That's, yeah. that's my and, theory. And I mean, I've even seen people say things like uh, someone that lives on the Georgia-South Carolina border, they drink South Carolina beer, and someone's like, oh, you should drink Georgia beer. They're like, this beer is 20 miles from me. Atlanta's beer is, you know, 100X or whatever miles from me. This yeah. beer is more local to me than that beer. Absolutely. Know, look at it, so. When I had more time, my wife and I, we used to go to every new brewery everywhere. <laughs> and I feel like there's now like 10 breweries in Atlanta that I haven't been to that I'm shaming myself that I should have gone to by now. It's tough. When I first started selling beer in this industry, I could go down Savannah and selling out of Marietta. It was local. And I, that always just tickled me that I'm four hours away. But yeah. you see that change the last time I went down there, which it was is. before the pandemic. Like, it wasn't local anymore. It was like almost you're treated as if I'm a thousand miles away instead of, you know, having stuff that's only a couple hours away. These guys aren't even local beer. Not that's even it. local. Oh, guys, you're wow. local enough for me. I'm in Woodstock, but coming Halcyon Alpharetta, good for me because it's great beer. Yes. It's great food. Cherry Street Brewing. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. Thank we you really appreciate us. it, man. I good always stuff. appreciate y'all. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nick. We appreciate it. Beer Guys Radio, we're full of appreciation here today, Brian. Yes. We have to take a break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Classic City Brewfest. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap, with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys radio show. 
Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to what is happening at Classic City Brewfest. We are here with Joseph Cortez. Joseph is the executive director of the Georgia Craft Brewers Guild. Yes. Joseph, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, Brian and Tim. I am doing great. Thank good you. Good deal. Good deal. So, Joseph, you're just on the tail end of your first official legislative session as executive director of the Guild. How did that go for you? Yeah, first full legislative session. Uh, it went well. We were able to get some limited uh, success, uh, a bill across the finish line there, help our breweries be able to transfer their product a little bit better. As we like to say in our industry, you know, when trying to make any sort of legislative or policy achievements, one step at a time. Right. So we sure. took a step. And we are certainly looking to, you know, improve our beer laws even more here in Georgia and kind of bring us up to par with some other states around. Yeah. You were speaking of that in the segment just before we had you on, Joseph. We had Nick Tanner on from Cherry Street. Yeah. And Nick is currently building a production brewery in Tennessee because of the laws in Georgia. That's right. So it's unfortunate. And I think. I don't know if everyone knows or cares, but we lose business some because of the laws there. Have you heard stories from anyone else who, because of laws, have said, look, I'm going elsewhere? Absolutely. Sure. We've all heard of some uh, some cases over the past year. There's been at least one or two higher profile cases. You know, Nick and Cherry Street is one example. And that's something that we share with our policymakers, with our elected officials. Hey, look, you're losing additional investment in your possibly your home district right Um, right. you know I always tell people and I think you guys understand this our craft our local breweries our hubs of development and community all across the state doesn't matter you know urban suburban rural you can't go anywhere and have a new development without somebody that's looking to have a brewery as an anchor in that new development that's and, true. Uh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and we even get. I have people that own properties or own developments or are real estate agents that are reaching out to us and saying, "If you know anybody, we want a brewery here." That's right. You know, bring a brewery in here. We want it. There's a place uh, not far from Athens, Eatonton, Georgia. They've got a really gorgeous place there that they're wanting to get. Uh, you know, get a brewery there. And uh, you know, we were talking about breweries leaving Georgia, right here in Athens, Creature Comforts. They went out to California. All the way to California. <laughs> it was not friendly for them to build another location That's right. uh, within the state. I'm not sure if it was the full reason, but Red Hair opened a place up in North Carolina. Is yep, that correct? North Carolina I, coast. I, I that, think that so. was the reason for that. It was yeah. a little bit due to our sure. laws. And I know but, a lot of breweries want to expand to other locations. Sure. That, but sure. Yeah. we also know that these breweries have mentioned that uh, the restrictive laws here have impacted you know, them going outside of the borders. And that so. drive for in- increasing local, convenient, well-made beer is the reason why everybody wants the Anchor Brewery there. So do what you can from a legal standpoint, lawmakers, to make this possible. Right. Think yeah, of that right. sweet tax revenue. I know that's all you guys really care about in the end say of things. So the state? They, yeah, that's, that's it's pretty much it. <laughs> Joseph, we know that when you look on the business side, versus the consumer side that what people want the most they don't always align there sure from your brewers what do they want to see most out of the changes in the georgia laws right now well look i think they want to be able to sell more beer and that also includes selling more beer direct to consumers and it's really important when we talk about this you know we have a system in georgia called the three-tier system traditionally it's been seen as you have your manufacturer without obviously giving a full class right now on your segment here you've got your manufacturers 
you've got your distributors, your wholesalers, and you've got your retailers. And there's a number of great reasons that the system flows that way. But we think, and we it's been shown, you know, nationwide in a majority of states around the country that we can have more access to market for right. our independent local craft brewers that does not undermine the integrity of the three-tier system, right? That gives more choice, which is good. And it's also good for the second tier, right? So they're able to actually really help our folks that want to have that access to, you know, the retailer outlets and, and other retail uh, locations. But we think that, and our brewers really most importantly, feel that they need more access direct to consumer. It's been done in other states and the other segments of the industry have done quite well actually. So we'd like to see some, you know, uh, some laws uh, modernized really is the way we put it. Um, it's time to modernize beer laws in Georgia. We've seen the direct to consumer and more access to market. Mm -hmm. We see some small brewers that come up. They may even be gypsy brewers, you know, that do a single batch here and there. Maybe they've got two beers that they brew. They're having trouble getting distributors to take them on because the distributors say it's not worth it for these tiny batches exactly. of beer. So if this small brewer could go, and uh, we actually ran into each other a couple weeks ago, Joseph, and we were talking a little bit about this, that if they had the ability, a brewer had the ability to distribute, say, within their, their city, their sure. county, five-mile radius, whatever it may be, you know, these small brewers could get off the ground a little bit more and it really gets their name out in the market. So when they do grow, because now people know their beer because they can get it, then they need to go to these, you know. They need to go also. to the distributors. And look, this is not an either or choice. This is a choice that also helps continue to have distributors and wholesalers and retailers thrive in this state. But we've got to stop keeping one of the tiers down because it's seen as some sort of either benefit or detriment to the other tier, right? whatever tier that is, or other stakeholders, I'll say, which is a better way to put it, in the industry, if we actually modernize our system in Georgia and allow our local independent craft breweries to have a little bit more freedoms, to get them access to market, to increased access, and sometimes, and oftentimes, that will be through the wholesaler. Right. right? That's part of the choice that's great. Ultimately, it's great for consumers, which is what we're all about. Yeah, yeah, that's get it to the consumer. And speaking of that, Joseph, we've seen yeah. the discussions online, the consumer side of that. Do you focus any on consumer needs or are your specific interests and the legal interest focused on the brewing as a Brewers Guild? Yeah, so as a Brewers Guild, we are officially, you know, the 501c6 nonprofit trade association for the actually licensed brewing industry in Georgia. You know, we are the association for the industry. Um, I think oftentimes, you know, there's a role there for consumers to get engaged. And a lot of that is, you know, local advocacy within their own brewery. Right. Um, you know, I, I actually just heard at our table here at the fest, a consumer that came up and said, hey, I want to get engaged with the guild and I'd love to have, guess what? A membership, right? A membership. But what was their ultimate goal in terms of advocacy? Raising the ABV. That I was going exactly to ask you. Yeah, I was going to ask you what was the most demanded thing from consumers because you run yeah. into them occasionally, even though you're really thinking of the brewers, you know, when you're representing. But you have to be getting a lot of feedback from the the, the average consumer. Is the ABV cap the biggest thing for the consumer right now? You know, I would say just anecdotally, we get a lot of feedback from consumers that would like to see the ABV raised. So I think that's something that, you know, we as an industry need to pay attention to because we always want to have a focus, obviously, towards the consumer. And that's the, really the entire reason we exist. But 
it's also about education and educating sure. the consumer, educating our industry. That's a big role that I play is helping bring along our members to, and it's painstaking because I will tell you that the legislative process is not always the most logical process. <laughs> I didn't follow legislation a lot until I got involved yeah. in beer. I would just see, I'd catch the, catch the footnotes version. What's going up? What happened with it? That's it. And then I followed it more intimately and it really drove me to want to drink more beer, Joseph, <laughs> following these laws through and how things work. Yeah. Right? So. I suspect it all makes sense. If you were able to be a fly in the wall in all the secret meetings that go on, you would perfectly understand why everything happens because I think it's a lot of horse trading behind I don't know that you would, even I, with that kind of access, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm a fly on the wall in some of those meetings, a good amount of those meetings. Not yeah. all. Still, still yeah. not get it? I, as much as you can get it, right? It's not so much about getting it. It's as, as a matter of uh, learning how to work within the system, and sometimes that's helping change the system. But look, I tell our folks, I'm like, we could go down and spend a majority of our time trying to change the way things work in terms of how to get things done at the state capitol or other halls of power in the state, or we could focus on advocating for our position and really making good, because look, and I'm biased here, right, but I think we've got the right arguments on our side. I think we do, We've too. got the consumers on our side, unquestionably. Yeah, right. So, you know, I think that we're going to be able to make some additional changes. And we, we want to work with, you know, other stakeholders in the industry to do that. We don't think that, as manufacturers, we should be the adversaries. We want to we wanna work hand-in-hand hand with folks who want to work with us. But... You know, we will we'll continue to build our case. And, and as I, I actually have a new slogan today, I heard somebody say something and it rung a, a, a light bulb went off in my head. I said, uh, vote for Georgia beer. Good way to live by. You know what, Joseph, that's all the time we hey, got. Thanks. We don't have to have you on again to talk more in depth about this. But thanks for what you do for taking care of Georgia beer. We Cheers, appreciate guys. It. Thanks for Cheers. what you all do. That about wraps it up, Brian, for this yes. episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show from Classic City Brewfest. Join us next week. More Georgia beer, Brian. We're not always about Georgia beer, but we do have more Georgia beer. I do drink a fair amount of Georgia beer. Terrapin Tap Room from Brave Stadium will be on. Ooh. For more craft beer info, follow us online. We are Beer Guys Radio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. <laughs>